morning. Good morning. Uh, my name is Susan, and welcome to Unity Center for Positive Living. We're going to start this morning with the daily word, and the word today is holy. The affirmation is I discover holiness everywhere and in everyone. There are certain places I visit where the presence of God feels especially near, places that feel holy. These may include churches and other houses of worship, shrines, favorite places in nature, any destination where I become vividly aware of the divine presence is holy ground. I remember these words from the prayer for protection by Unity poet James Dilla Freeman. Wherever I am, God is. The divine presence I know lives within me. It is the true essence of my life and of everyone. Today, my under I discover the divine presence all around me and find holiness everywhere. Every person is a holy being, every place is holy ground. And from Genesis 28, 16, then Jacob woke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. We will forget with presence
Hi, camera. Hi, Harry, we think it's time to chat. Yeah. Hi, everybody. Hi, And they are that today is the board meeting after church. You are welcome to come either on Zoom or in person. And at two o'clock today is the service at Bear Raven Longhouse in Winlock. Uh, Grandfather Ray Wilson is just out of the hospital and ready to go. 
and in case he gets tired, they've got two people in the wings, so the service will go on. Um, and on August 23rd, um, there has been a picnic arranged at um, Paradise Point State Park. It's about an hour south of here. Um, Irene is coming north to meet us there, and we're going south. There is picnicking, and uh, some people are staying overnight. I understand there's water. It's the Lewis River, so if you have a kayak, you can do that. Anyway, Penny knows the details, so you can ask her more about that. Okay, anyone have any other announcements? Okay, well then, let's say our unity statement. If you would join me for that, please. We believe in our oneness with all life and the power of love. We teach universal principles and values as taught by Jesus and others. Revealing the one God presence, we practice prayer, meditation, and service to be conscious of our oneness in God. Our song of joy today is Spirit of Life. Thank you. 
and today our reading will be given by Johnny. Okay, is this thing on? Can you all hear me? So, uh, there's a place on the island of Crete over by Greece, um, near a little village of Bagania. And uh, during World War II, a bunch of Nazi paratroopers landed there. And all the local villagers came out with their kitchen knives and their hay signs and they killed all the Nazi paratroopers. And so Hitler sent in a bunch of troops and he killed all the villagers there, those are dummies. And so ever since, there's been this real hatred between the German people and the people who live on the island of Crete. Well, there's a man named Alexander Papadopoulos, is it? Papaderos, Alexander Papaderos, who has established a center there where he works on improving the relations between the Germans and the people in the island of Crete. And the author of our book, Robert Fulgrim, this is, it was on fire when I lay down on it, which is a, a wonderful book. He, he's the guy that wrote All I Really Need to Know I Learned in Kindergarten. And he went there for a, a seminar. And at the end, during the Q&A period, um, Robert asked a, his favorite question to ask. At the last session on the last morning of a two-week seminar in Greek culture, led by intellectuals and experts in their fields, who were recruited by Papaderos from across Greece, Papaderos rose from his chair at the back of the room and walked to the front, where he stood in the bright Greek sunlight of an open window and looked out. We followed his gaze across the bay to the Iron Cross marking the German cemetery. He turned and made the ritual gesture. Are there any questions? Quiet filtered the room. These two weeks had generated enough questions for a lifetime, but for now there was only silence. No questions? Papaderos swept the room with his eyes. So I asked, Dr. Papaderos, what is the meaning of life? The usual laughter followed and people stirred to go. Papaderos held up his hand and stilled the room and looked at me for a long time, asking with his eyes if I was serious and seeing from my eyes that I was. I will answer your question. Taking his wallet out of his hip pocket, he fished into a leather billfold and brought out a very small round mirror about the size of a quarter. And what he said went like this. When I was a small child during the war, we were very poor and we lived in a remote village. One day on the road, I found the broken pieces of a mirror. A German motorcycle had been wrecked in that place. I tried to find all the pieces and put them together, but it was not possible. So I kept only the largest piece, this one. And by scratching it on a stone, I made it round. I began to play with it as a toy and became fascinated by the fact but I could reflect light into dark places where the sun would never shine, in deep walls and crevices and dark closets. It became a game for me to get the light into the most inaccessible places I could find. I kept the little mirror, and as I went about my growing up, I would take it out in idle moments and continue the challenge of the game. As I became a man, I grew to understand that this was not just a child's game, but a metaphor for what I might do with my life. I came to understand that I am not the light or the source of light. The light 
truth, understanding, knowledge is there. And it will only shine in many dark places if I reflect it. I am a fragment of a mirror whose whole design and shape I do not know. Nevertheless, with what I have, I can reflect light into the dark places of this world, into the black places in the hearts of men, and change some things in some people. Perhaps others may see me and do likewise. This is what I am about. This is the meaning of my life. Then each of this small mirror and holding it carefully caught the bright rays of daylight streaming through the window and reflected them onto my face and onto my hands through the windows. Much of what I experienced in the way of information about Greek culture and history that summer is gone from memory, but in the wallet of my mum, I still carry a small, long beard stick. Thank you. Thank you, Charlie. Now we will sing our meditation song with wonders from the pen. It's on the screen and on page 125 in the in what page? 
I am truly thankful for all the good I already experienced. I am growing more prosperous with every day. I am healthy, active, bold, and happy. I am always growing and expanding into the fulfillment of my potential. I am at peace knowing everything I need promises to me in a perfect time and a perfect way. And today we will be saying the progressive Lord's Prayer, followed by the Alleluia. So if you would join me in that, please. Our Creator, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, I am. I am thy kingdom come, I am. I am on earth, even as I am in heaven. I am giving this day daily bread to all. I am forgiving all life, even as I am also all life forgiving me. I am leading all men from temptation. I am delivering all people from error. For I am the kingdom, I am the power, I am the glory of God, an eternal, immortal manifestation. teacher from Olympia and she is continuing with her series today and the title of her talk is The Four Functions of Consciousness. Audrey, welcome. Good morning. I'm going to do some logistical stuff here. Getting my act together. At my house. There's my friends on Zoom. Hey, everyone. Let me share my Thank you. Yeah. 
<laughs> all right. Can everyone hear me? Okay. Yes. All right. Everyone hear me? Okay. Online. Maybe wave or. Yay. All right. Cool. Okay. So when I was putting together this talk on the four stages of consciousness, I learned that cats actually have a definition of the word consciousness. Yes, it's true. And their definition is uh, that annoying period of time in between when I'm napping. <laughs> I need to get my little clicky clicker. There we go. Uh, that's not my kitty, but my kitty definitely slept uh, in that same position. So uh, what we're talking about today is the four levels of, or excuse me, the four functions of consciousness. And like Susan mentioned, this is coming out of the book that we've been working through called Heart-Centered Metaphysics. And uh, this is by uh, Paul Hasselbeck. Now, the word metaphysics is a big word that just literally means beyond the physical. And in unity, sometimes the word metaphysics is used to refer to uh, theology. So answering big questions like, what are, uh, what are we as human beings? What is God? What is our relationship with each other? And we do all of this from a heart-centered perspective. So we bring our love, our compassion, our courage. This is more than just an intellectual exercise as we cogitate through these questions. So as I mentioned, of consciousness, and I made my cheesy joke at the beginning about uh, the cat definition of con consciousness, but let's look at the unity definition of consciousness uh, as a starting place. So Unity's co-founder, Charles Fillmore, in the book, The Revealing Word, he said, consciousness, consciousness is all that we are aware of, spirit, soul, and body, all that we are aware of. So our thoughts, our feelings, our hopes, our dreams, our fears, the things that we try not to think about, the things that we can't stop thinking about, all of these are part of our consciousness. And Charles said that we have four functions of consciousness as humanity, our sensing, our feeling, our thinking, and our intuiting abilities. And we're gonna get a little bit deeper into each of these. Um, but first I want to say that all four of these functions have value. They all have value. So there are times, especially in traditional Christianity, where the body is undervalued, where the body is considered to be lesser than spirit, where sensing our senses may be less than intuiting. And in a similar way, there's people who value thinking over feeling, and there's people who value feeling over thinking. And the reality is, is that all four of these functions are important. We all have them. We might rely on some greater than others, but they all, I believe, serve the function of helping us deepen our spiritual growth and further move down our spiritual path. In fact, this idea makes me think of this great quote from 
Paul, not Paul Hasselbeck, but Paul uh, in the Bible, in the book of Romans, chapter 12, pardon me, chapter 12, verses 4 and 5, and this is from the New Revised Standard Version, the updated edition. Paul said, for as in one body we have many members, and not all the members have the same function. So we who are many are one body in Christ, and individually we are members one of another. I love this passage for several reasons. First, when we think about what Paul says about uh, a body with many members and not all members have the same function, that makes me think again about our four functions in consciousness, sensing, feeling, thinking, intuiting. They all serve their own function, just like parts of our bodies all serve their own functions. So we all have a nose and we all have fingers. And we would likely never say, Oh, my darn nose, it just cannot play the piano. <laughs> Out of fairness to my nose, I have not tried to use it to play the piano, but I'm pretty sure it would not be very skilled at that. And we don't say about our fingers, oh, they can't help me smell this wonderful meal. We understand our nose has a function. Our fingers have functions. They're not the same, but they're valuable that we have each of them and that they each have their own unique functions. In a similar way, among humanity, I, I know sometimes it's easy for me to think, why isn't that person doing what I think they should do? Why aren't they more like me? <laughs> and the reality is, as Paul said, we are all one in the divine. We are all one in the Christ presence. Regardless of what we believe, whether we call it God or spirit or divinity, we all have that spark of sacred life in us. We are all one and we're all unique and different in humanity. And that's that's how it is. And that's the beauty of our human lives, that diversity there. So in a similar way, sensing, feeling, thinking, intuiting, they all serve their own purpose. No one of them is better than the other. We need them all. All right. So let's take a little bit of a deeper dive into each of them. Sensing is what our physical being tells us. So our sight, our hearing, our sense of smell, our touch, our taste. What are we experiencing as we navigate through the world in these earth suits? What information is coming in? Now, there's times that our Unity co-founder, Charles Fillmore, says stuff about sense consciousness, where it looks like he is devaluing the body. But I don't, I don't believe that's really what he is doing. When he talks about sense consciousness, he talks about when we are stuck in sense consciousness or when we have a thinking that I am my body as opposed to I have a body and I am greater than this physical. We each have a body and we're all so much more than our physical being. And those bodies are so important. We experience the divine when we listen to music, when we see beauty out in the world, when we smell a wonderful garden or a wonderful meal, when we hold hands with someone we love. These are beautiful ways to experience the divine. All right, our feeling nature. These are our emotions, mad, sad, scared, and glad. And there's like billions more. Now, I think sometimes in our culture, we are uncomfortable with emotions. Let me give you a few examples so you know what I'm talking about. We have an expression in English. He made me feel. 
mad. It's like we're pushing it away. It's his fault that I'm mad. It's not my emotion. He made me feel it. And the reality is my emotions are about me. What may be a greater truth is to say, I felt mad when he ate the last of the ice cream. <laughs> and our emotions can change depending on what we're trying to do. If I'm trying to be healthy and trying to avoid the ice cream, it might be true that I felt relieved when he ate the rest of the ice cream. So he saved me from myself. So I didn't have to eat the rest of the ice cream. <laughs> Sometimes also we say the word feel, but we're really thinking something. So I feel she could have done a better job. There's not actually a feeling in that sentence. Uh, a friend of mine used to say, that's not a feel, that's a think. So it may be true that I think she could have done a better job. I may feel judgment that I think she could have done a better job, but, um, but that sounds more like a think than a feel. Now, there's also times that we use the word feeling for something that isn't really a feeling. And so this is a little tricky. Let me tell you this one. We might say, I feel left out. I feel left out. Right. Again, there's not actually a feeling in that sentence. Now, if my best friend on the whole planet has a party for everyone she knows and loves, and she doesn't invite me, I might feel a lot of stuff. I might feel worried. Did I do something to upset her? I might feel confused. I thought we were best friends. I might feel scared. Am I losing this friendship? I might feel mad. However, they all better friends than I am. Okay. If I have another experience of being left out, I might have a different feeling. For example, um, some folks who know me here know I don't like to cook. I don't cook. Um, so if someone is planning to organize a big cooking party and they're like, hey, Audrey, we left you out of the cooking party because we know uh, you don't like to cook. I'll be like, yes, I will feel overjoyed and relieved, relieved that they left me out of the cooking party because, because I don't want to cook. So again, we can feel uh, a variety of ways when we have an experience where we think we've been left out. Now, I think sometimes unity also struggles with some emotions. I don't know about you, but sometimes in the daily word, I read things that say, I release anger. I release fear. I release sadness. And sometimes, I don't think this is intentional, but I think sometimes that can give me the impression and I can start to believe, oh, it's not okay to feel anger. It's not okay to feel fear. It's not okay to feel sadness. And so on top of my emotions of fear, sadness, or anger, then I'm feeling resistance. Ooh, I don't want to feel that. Or I'm feeling judgment of myself. Oh, I shouldn't feel that way. And our emotions, I believe, are here to teach us. I believe they're here to be experienced. They don't last forever. They come and go. They change. And for me, I found it's a lot more powerful rather than resisting that emotion or telling myself I shouldn't feel it to breathe into it and ask myself, what is that fear here to teach me? What is that anger here to teach me? What is that sadness here to teach me? 
because again, our emotions have value and serve a purpose. All right, our thinking nature. Now in Unity, we know this is so important that we actually have a basic principle around it. Our thinking nature is the thoughts that we tell ourselves, the messages that we communicate to ourselves, the things we believe. Um, law of mind action, thoughts held in mind produce after their kind. Unity's third basic principle that what we think about creates our experience, how we experience life. We know that thinking is so powerful. And probably everyone here has had an experience where your thoughts can create your feelings and your feelings can create your thoughts. So for example, if, if I think scary thoughts, my heart might start to pound a little bit. And then I can you know, have that feeling of being scared and think even more scary thoughts. And if I think calm and peaceful thoughts, my heart rate actually slows down. And I have an experience of calming myself and feeling more at peace and ease. We know that thoughts and feelings combined together are super powerful, extremely powerful. And so again, we have this law of mind action, thoughts held in mind produced after their kind in unity. And last but not least, our ability to intuit, our intuiting nature, the part of us that knows, the part of us that is always connected to divine mind, the part of everyone that's connected to divine mind, and the things that we learn through intuition, through illumination, through divine knowing, getting still in meditation, that still small voice, having that aha moment, those things that come to us out of the blue. I'm grateful whenever I have those illuminating experiences. They teach me quite a bit. I want to share a story about how I use these four functions of consciousness recently in work, which I sometimes call my day job. I have a day job. Um, it's uh, a great place. It is certainly not perfect. And recently we had some challenges where staff were not getting along with each other. People were not trusting each other. People were not communicating. There was conflict and differences of opinion about who should be doing what, what our goals were as a team, what processes we should follow, what decisions needed to be made and who should be involved in those decisions. So um, a friend of mine uh, calls experiences like these, she calls them AFCOs, uh, which stands for another freaking growth opportunity. When we're in these situations, they often do not feel good. And they're an opportunity for us to practice what we believe, what we talk about on Sundays. They're a chance for us to bring that Sunday thinking into the rest of the week and, and uh, do like um, Johnny was talking about, use that mirror to shine light into dark places. And so initially I was not looking at this work situation from a very spiritual perspective. Um, I was sensing a lot of discord in my body. So I was feeling tension in my muscles. I was feeling some digestive uh, upset over this work situation. And because of that, I was telling myself some um, stuff. They're making me sick in this workplace. It's all on them. It's their fault. They're making me sick. 
oh, I was starting to feel really anxious and concerned. And when I was focusing on that anxiousness and concern and thinking, you know, well, I think it's their fault. I was thinking blamey thoughts. Who's Who created this situation? Whose fault is it? Why are they doing this to me? If only they would just get their act together. <laughs> so um, having a human experience. Now, in the midst of all that swirl, it did occur to me, um, oh, I should call my best friend who always helps me see a higher perspective. And so my intuition kicked in. And so I reached out to my best friend. She listened to me. She gave me some good advice. And then I started looking at this differently, starting with intuiting, which I hadn't really been doing uh, at first when I was caught up in the swirl. So I took this work situation into my meditation practice, affirming divine perfect employment, because I believe that divine order is always present, that there are no accidents, no mistakes. We're all where we're supposed to be. And I believe in faith that the most high is with each of us in every situation, in every circumstance. I am in my right and perfect place where God has placed me. God is my employer. Everyone else is in their right and perfect place where God has placed them. And as I sat with this, I started to see things differently. So previously with my sensing function, I was just noticing what was going on inside of me. I started looking out at the other people that I work with and seeing what am I noticing about them? I notice a lot of people turning their cameras off when we're having meetings. So almost like they're afraid of not um, wanting to make eye contact or not wanting to connect. I notice people using harsh words. And again, it sounds like protection from fear. So I started paying attention to what am I sensing? What am I noticing about others? I started tuning more into my feelings because in addition to feeling uncomfortable, worried, resentful, I noticed I was resisting my feelings. And as I looked more at the resistance and the resentment, I remembered what another good friend of mine had said, that resentment often happens when we are not holding our boundary, when we're not setting a boundary or holding a boundary. And I realized I had some fear in me because I needed to set a boundary in my workplace. And it kind of felt like a sacred cow, what I was gonna be knocking over by setting my boundary. So I started thinking, how can I do this? Being the person I wanna be. I wanna be in my compassion. I wanna be recognizing everyone's divinity. I want to do this in a way that preserves relationships and doesn't destroy them. And I came back to intuition. When I recognize the divine is in all, that no one is against me, that we are all exactly where we need to be. Now, how does that awareness, how does that truth affect my thinking, affect my feeling, and support me in doing what is mine to do? So my workplace still has challenges, and I was able to have conversations with others. I listened because before I maybe wasn't listening as much as I needed to. 
I learned from others' perspectives. And when I welcomed them to share after they had shared, they were open to hearing my perspective. And I did set that boundary that felt a little bit like a sacred cow. And as you can see, the world is still continuing. So, um, <laughs> so the planet did not end like I feared that it might. And I believe that these four functions of consciousness are what are going to help me move through this challenge, this AFCO, in the way that I want, rather than have it spiral down and end in bad feelings and everyone walks away mad. Our work still might change, people might still leave, and I want to be in my integrity. I want to be in a place of compassion. I want to be in a place of love. And I want people to know that they're valued, regardless of what happens in the workplace. So we'll see how it goes. I believe we can all always use our four functions of consciousness. And that often we have to choose to remember to approach life from a spiritual perspective, because it can be very easy to be caught up. Well, I'll just speak for myself. It can be easy for me to be caught up in how I feel today. Oh, I'm feeling cranky. Oh, I'm feeling angry. Oh, I'm feeling disappointed. And I remind myself to consciously choose this is temporary. My life is greater than this. I am greater than this experience. The divine is right here. God is my employer. And consciously choosing to look at experiences and bring that spiritual perspective so that I'm not getting lost in what I'm feeling right this second. Our Unity co-founder, Charles Fillmore, wrote about 12 spiritual powers. And these were powers that he said were in the divine and therefore in each human being. And the power for the month of August is the power of will. Now, the spiritual power of will is a little different than what we sometimes hear called divine will. So sometimes people talk about what's divine will. And in unity, we teach that divine will, the will of the divine, is for all of us to live life to the fullest the highest and best expression of our divinity that we can. And we know that there's no conflict between our will and divine will, that there's no separation, that we are one with the divine. But the spiritual power of will is something slightly different. So here on the slide, it says, uh, will is that decision-making, choosing faculty of mind, our ability to command and determine and the power of commitment and willingness. I like to think of will as choosing, choice, or sometimes I think free will is a better way to describe it, that we all always have that ability to choose, to do something different, to change our thoughts, to change our experiences. All right, that's enough of me talking. It is time to play a game. Uh, we haven't done this before, so um, I hope it works, and um, maybe it will and maybe it won't. We'll see how this goes. So this is the will game. I'm going to need to see the screen for this. Here's how the will game works. You're all going to see a question on the screen with four choices. 
and they'll be numbered one, two, three, and four. And you get to vote. What's your choice? Now, the way this is slightly different from perhaps some other elections you've participated in is there's no wrong answer. Whatever you choose is fine. You do not have to choose the same thing as the person sitting next to you, even if you're married to them. Um, you can pick your own answer. If you're out here in the sanctuary, you're welcome to shout out your number, or you can hold up a finger uh, if you want to vote for number one or two or three or four. If you're in Zoom, you're welcome to put your number in the chat if you'd like, or you can hold up your fingers as well. Um, let us give it a try and see how it goes. So. My favorite way to relax, number one, listen to peaceful music. Number two, walk in nature. Number three, take a cat nap. Number four, read a book. Remember, no wrong answer. So if you're going to vote, for me, it'd be number four, read a book. I'm seeing a couple twos out there. All right. All right. I'm seeing, oh, it looks like Liz is saying four. All right, Liz, I see you. <laughs> yep. I'm seeing a... Uh, we got some fours over there from Johnny. If you read us that great book, seeing a bunch of twos out there. Twos walking nature. Uh, all right. I'm looking back at the back of the room. Uh, Tom, I couldn't tell. It was two. All right. Lots of in favor of walking in nature. Oh, we got a one back there. Okay. Listening to peaceful music. Yes. Great. All right. All right. Let's do another one. When the ice cream is gone, I feel number one, sad. Number two, relieved. Number three, disappointed. And number four, grateful. All right, I'm seeing some threes. Disappointed, three. I'm seeing a four, grateful. Yes, I'm seeing a four, two. What about online? Yep, seeing threes. Yes. All right, Fred, I see you. Is it four, grateful? You're grateful when the ice cream is gone? Nice, Fred. Okay, so my vote is actually, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to choose a choice that's not even there. That's how I'm using my divine power of will. I'm going to choose one and three. I feel sad and disappointed. Um, well, see, I didn't tell you you couldn't choose two things. <laughs> you can even make up a choice that's not here. Oh, Terry, I missed you. What was yours? Two. two and four. Relief and grateful. Yes. Okay. So when I was running this talk by my husband before today, um, uh, he, he said he was going to pick a choice that wasn't up here. He said, uh, since he ate the last of the ice cream, he felt satisfied. <laughs> and I'm like, well, that's very nice. I, I noticed you didn't say you felt guilty. <laughs> All right, let's go to the next one. I think most about, number one, family and loved ones. Number two, exploring the world. Number three, home and health. Number four, job or vocation. All right, no wrong answer. Now you know, we got some twos, we got some threes, got a one, got some, a one and a three. Looking online, all the pictures are so teeny tiny. I see a one, no, hey, Frank, thanks for voting. Oh, I see a one from Liz, nice. All right, John and Sherry, any fingers from two of you? <laughs> Not sure. Just none of the above. Yes, that's a valid choice. It's like one, two, and three. And I see, I see Terry has a two. So I love that Jerry says none of the above. So when I used to go to the eye doctor uh, and they'd be like, which one's better? One or two? One or two? I didn't. I didn't know for years I could say neither. They're both equally blurry. Show me something else, right? All right. And I think for this one, I might vote. Um, well, I think I think a lot about all of these. Yeah. So maybe none of the above. Maybe all of the above should be a choice. 
My favorite spiritual practice. Oh, this one's easy for me. Number one, singing. Number two, meditating. Number three, spiritual reading. Number four, being in nature. Bill has a four. Oh, four. Interesting. Yeah, lots of fours. A four and a one, a four and a two, four, three. Susan's still thinking mine's going to be one. I love listening to music and singing. Anyone online? I, it's hard for me to see Vern's. But I see you. I see you voting out there, Vern. Yep, awesome. Thank you. Oh, I see a two over there. Thank you. All right, awesome. Five. Oh, a five. What does five mean, Susan? All the above. All the above. Nice, nice. All right. Well, friends, we have just all exercised our divine power of will, free will, our ability to choose, and we know that we can always use this power to choose to focus on the spiritual truth that we know. We have this affirmation for the power of will. It says, I am will. From my highest self, I make choices that honor the divinity in all. I am will. And let's affirm that together, please. I am will. From my highest self, I make choices that honor the divinity in all. I am will. And we know that this is so. So thank you for playing that little game with me that made, made my heart happy here on a Sunday morning. Earlier today, I made this joke that um, consciousness, a cat's definition of consciousness was uh, that annoying time period in between naps. And unfortunately, the reality is I don't know about you, sometimes I fall asleep, not just sleeping every night, but sometimes I fall asleep to my truth or my divinity or the divinity of others. And so I think it's so important to know that we have this sensing nature, we have this feeling nature, we have this thinking nature, we have this intuiting nature. We can always choose to focus on those. We can always choose those as tools for spiritual growth. And most especially when we're in that place where life has handed us some AFCOs, we can use those as opportunities to continue to shine that light, to be the reflection, to be the mirror that shines that light into dark places. Let's take a few minutes now and enter into a time of meditation on the power of will. So I invite you to settle in into your space, knowing that your body is sacred because it is your earth suit. It is the vehicle through which you experience this human life. Relax into your chair or whatever is supporting you and gently breathe in and out. And I invite you to hear these words as the words of your own heart. My spiritual will is the energy of confident living, decision-making, and determination. My power of choice helps me stand strong and resilient when I feel challenged. I choose to notice my abilities of sensing, feeling, thinking, and intuiting. I make decisions that are grounded in my positive nature 
and in my awareness of the divine in all, including myself. I choose to honor the divinity in all. And let's take that idea into the silence. I choose to honor the divinity in all. I choose to honor the divinity in all. I choose to be awake. I choose to be fully consciousness. My feelings, my physical being, my thoughts, and my intuition rejoice in the infinite possibility of good available to me. From my highest self, I choose. I choose seeing divinity and knowing divinity is the truth. And so it is. Thank you, Audrey. That was fun. So it's time now for our offering. And we want to thank everyone who has donated to Unity by Mail. We continue to appreciate any checks that are sent to the church at 800 South Pearl Street, Centralia, 98531. You can also donate on the website at unityofcentralia.net. And um, of course, we always thank you for the ways you give of your time and talent. Let's say our offering prayer together as we hold our offering in our hands or hearts. Divine love through me blesses and multiplies all that I have, all that I give, all that I receive, and all that I am.
blessing of thanks together. We bless these gifts and send them forth to heal, bless, and prosper. They are evidence of our faith and belief. They do good work in the world and return to us multiplied abundantly. So it is. And I want to take a moment um, for some gratitudes. Um, you know, this morning I was thinking about all the things that happen outside of this time we're together now, and uh, I don't know how often we all think about what it takes to make this time happen. So um, I want to thank first Tom, who arrives here early and sets everything up and then spends all the time afterward making it possible for us to revisit it online. Um, I want to thank Johnny, who has spent his summer out here in the sweltering heat working on the roof. That is mighty wonderful. Um, Joanne and Penny and Johnny, who create the slides for us each week. Um, images and words, and they have spent some time doing them. So I'm grateful for that. And, you know, our musicians show up and play, but they practice before they come. So we just have so much to be thankful for. And the people who show up here and do uh, cleaning and maintenance things, it's all volunteers. So thank you all so much. And if you want to help out, you can just yeah. <laughs> Okay, it's time now for our healing prayer. If you would like to focus our collective group healing energy for someone, you can speak out their name or hold them quietly in your hearts. Uh, I want to let you know that Grandfather Ray Wilson has greatly appreciated all the prayers that we have offered in the last week for him. He is home now. And uh, as I said, he's planning to do the service this afternoon, so there's nothing holding that guy back. Uh, Karen Merker is still in need of prayer as she heals from her disease. Um, it hasn't been determined yet what's going on, but she has a lot of inflammation and um, pain in her face and hands still, and she would appreciate so much keeping him in our prayers. John, we continue to think of you as you are dealing with your health issues. And um, our friend Dixie Andrews, who has moved to Lacey Memory Care. And um, I might add, we're really happy to see you here today. So, are there any other people that we would like to? Let's all get for burning too. Burning our friend who is downstairs as we speak, and we will see shortly. And Hildy, who is in Longview. And Yes. So all of these people mentioned and the folks that 
So as we um, form our circle to sing our peace songs, um, I would just like to thank the people who have made our service possible today, Audrey and Joyce and Joanne and Tom and Johnny. You for showing up here. <laughs> and the people who brought food and getting later. There's a lot. And there's a lot showing up today. And all people on Zoom who can't join us in the physical circle, but who can join us in their virtual circle. So let's circle up. Uh, next week, we will welcome Sam as our speaker. So make sure to fill up those. It's kind of a. Thank you.